0: Welcome back to your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. Another best of for the rest of May. We're going to be doing repeats of some of our favorite shows as we get ready for the Orlando International Fringe Festival where Bob and I, with the help from Ryan Goodwin, will be presenting You Belong Here. I hope you can come. We've tried to make it as easy as possible. We have four shows. Tickets are only $6 and you can get them at OrlandoFringe.org In the meantime, enjoy this episode
1: Welcome back to your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick What would you say if I offered you the opportunity to live in a very low cost home The only catch is, it has no windows to the outside world Would you accept my offer? Could you exist and be happy in that kind of an environment? Listen in as Nick and I wrestle with the concept of a world without windows and how it might make sense or not. Check it out. I heard about these windowless dorms. I, that is the stupidest idea ever. So, do you know the background on it? You know, I heard a little story about the guy. The guy who designed it. And, oh, the, he's actually a billionaire, isn't he?
0: Super wealthy. He's like uh, part of whatever the Warren Buffett investment firm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and is he also a
1: trustee at the school that he wanted to implement this at?
0: I don't think so. I think one of his kids or grandkids was going there. So he's from Michigan. So he already did this at. I think either the University of Michigan or one of the state oh, okay. schools. So up there's there. one already up there. Oh. Yeah. But I think the idea of somebody coming. So the background is this guy, rich guy, said, I'm going to give you, it was a lot of money, it, uh, yeah. you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars to build this new dorm, but I'm going to design it. The only way you're getting this money is if you use my design because I know best. Wow. Because I am wealthy.
1: That's oh, that's such huge And okay, so
0: this is me like really <laughs> right. imposing my own thoughts but on Duke the situation. But dude's obviously very smart if he can design a building, right? Oh, I well, mean, here's the thing: I don't know how much he actually designed. I think he might have told somebody like how an architect. Okay, fair and enough. This is this is you know again, uh, this is me at high level. Right, right. Even if you are an architect, you're probably not a sociologist. You're probably not, you know, uh, have a, a huge understanding of people and what they're Actually,
1: doing. Actually, I, I, having a couple of uh, archaeology firms, uh, archaeology, not archaeology, um, architecture firms yeah. uh, as clients, um, they do. They study sociology to see how That's people are moving patterns a good point. So to be good, good at this,
0: to be really good at this. Yeah. Uh, and look, I don't know this guy. Yeah. But it feels very much like I am successful and rich. Therefore, I must know how to solve every problem right. in the world.
1: <laughs> well, it's just so stupid to me. The basic concept, because you're defining it by what it doesn't have, right? And, and that's Correct. It's, And it's a striking feature that it doesn't have.
0: And the idea is that this will encourage people to go out, to be more communal, to is... be out in nature, to be out among other people that is the that's the driving oh, force oh that's the driving factor there was no other re- like so let's
1: amp up the discomfort inside so that you have to go outside it's like i would think that having windows that show you the beautiful outside that you're missing would be the thing that attracts you to actually go outside
0: this is why casinos don't have windows
1: <laughs> cuz they want to keep you inside yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. so it's it's really bizarre i i, I just tried to imagine living in a space that had no windows. I mean, I've had an office that had no windows, and I have to tell you something. I felt like I was in a box, a sealed box. Oh, it's horrifying. It's it's not good. I
0: would rather be in cubicles with a bunch of other people oh, yeah. if there's windows than a windowless room oh, by yeah. myself.
1: It's funny too, cubicle. Now you've worked in cubes Oh before, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. There are two kinds of people in the world: those that like to work in cubicles and those who do not. And it's it's very interesting to hear. The different perspectives on that. I loved to work in cubicles because I'm a very social person, and I'm happy to stand up, reach over my my barrier, and talk to the person in the next cube. And hopefully, you know, I'm not destroying their work life. But I found um, doing organizational development work that cubicles are geography, and that any form of geography separates us. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, we have people who are writing emails two cubes away from each other writing an email to each other and responding to each other rather than just walking up the hall and talking to this person. Right. But I
0: think part of that is because they're trying to keep a line of evidence. Of course. But, and there's sometimes where you're just like, uh, you know, there were times when I wanted to be involved in conversations in the cube and there were times I wanted everybody to shut up so I could get right. my work done. <laughs> right? right. Like, so I didn't want to increase the conversation load. I had a, um, that was already
1: going on. I had a chain of paper clips that I would extend across the door of my cube. And when that chain was up, it was an indication, please don't disturb me. You know, and, and it worked relatively well. Uh, and then, then I ended up getting an office and everything changed. Yeah. I, all my relationships. Well, I got a promotion and an office. And uh, I think it was a combination of the two that resulted in me kind of losing a lot of my friends in the organization. It really felt bad. I was like, I'm the same guy. Why are you all treating me differently now? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I learned as you become a leader. It's real estate also.
0: Like if you are in the right part of town or the right part, you're closer to the windows than other people and that's more desirable than other. Yeah. Yeah. How much privacy do you have in this one versus this one? Oh, yeah.
1: That's a big one. Well, that's how they justify giving you an office when you're a a leader because you have to have the hard conversations. So you need to be able to have privacy. Yeah. Yeah conversations like that but it did make me miss, miss living in the commune because uh, that was to me it was just fun it was like I was there with all my friends as I come in I before I sit down because you could see over the cubicles I'd be saying hello to everybody and then zzz, sinking into my work world
0: so what I'm hearing is the perfect dorm would be no privacy <laughs> like rooms that aren't that don't go all the way up to the ceiling that <laughs> exactly. you can kind of look over and see what somebody else is doing
1: you know the, the I have conversations with my son about the difference between when I graduated college and when he graduated college, and largely the difference is the amount of debt that that we incurred for our experiences. Now, mind you, I went to a state school; he went to a private school. Uh, you know, different things like that. But we're really just increasing the cycle of escalating the cost of college by trying to say, "Well, we have to make the dorms like five-star hotels now because we're charging them so much that nobody's going to want to let their kids stay here." You know, if it's a crappy hotel. And then it's like, so how do we get out of that? How do we stop it so that maybe it's okay to have a two-star hotel while you're getting a, a world-class education, you know, as long as your biological safety
0: needs are taken care of? You know what? I think you just made an argument for the Wendellist Storm. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Because... You know, if all they need is just a place to stay, make it as cheap as possible.
1: Yeah, but, you know, yeah, a cardboard box on the sidewalk is cheaper than that, too. I'm not suggesting (laughs) that. I think it's a spectrum. I'd rather have my kid in a seedy motel than a windowless room.
0: Hey, it's me. I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. I make a lot of mistakes in life and on this podcast Now, I've never been super wealthy and assumed I know what people want in a living space because I'm super wealthy, but I did have a glaring error when I talked about architects on this episode. Actual trained architects, and not super wealthy people who hold donations hostage until they get to pretend to be an architect. Of course, actual trained professional architects have to know and understand people, what they want in a living space, what they need, as humans. That was very dumb of me to say otherwise, and I'm really glad I have someone like Bob to catch me in my glaring errors. If only super wealthy amateur architects also had a Bob. Have a great day!